exercise is, how can you detect or discern if a unit is healthy or hostile before you ever even come on board? And it starts at the interview. You're probably thinking, Sarah, they will think I'm crazy if I ask all of these questions when they're interviewing me. (laughs) Well, one of two things will happen. Either they'll be taken back by your questions because they don't have their stuff together and they won't hire you because your questions intimidated them. Or they'll be so impressed that you've done your research and want to contribute to a healthy working environment that they will want someone engaged like you on their team. So either you dodge a bullet and not join an unhealthy workplace or your research will pay off and you land a job with a team that's working to create a healthy work environment. Either way, that's a win-win. Hey there, I'm your host, Sarah Lorenzini, a rapid response nurse and educator who loves telling stories to teach critical thinking. This podcast is for nurses who want the knowledge, skills, and confidence to respond to any emergency. With almost 20 years of experience in the ER and critical care nursing and a master's degree in nursing education, I have a lot of stories to share, and I love to nerd out and break down the pathophysiology, pharmacology, and nurses' role in emergencies. Stories bring learning to life. It is way easier to learn from and remember the stories that my colleagues and mentors have told me than anything I've read in a textbook. And that is why I made this podcast. Every episode is packed full of exactly what you need to know to handle whatever crisis that could arise on your shift. It's one thing to get the right answer on the test, but knowing how to detect when your patient is declining and what to do when your patient is crashing is what will make or break your day and might just save your patient's life. This week's episode is more of a Q&A. I wanted to address another question that I've gotten a few different times in my DM. So here's the paraphrased version. Hey, Sarah, I graduate soon and I'm not naive enough to think that nursing will be easy. All I see on social media is the heavy burden felt by many healthcare workers and nurses leaving the bedside by the droves due to burnout and mental health stress. I know what I'm getting into. But as I'm finishing out my clinicals and beginning the job search, What are some things I should be looking for, both red flags and green flags to help me choose the right place to work? So I love this question for so many reasons. I love that this soon-to-be nurse is already thinking about the challenges of being a nurse and trying to set themselves up for success as they enter a tired and somewhat burnout nursing workforce. I also think it's so wise to choose a workplace, not just because it's your dream job, but also because it's a good fit for you and who you are both the work-life balance that you need and the culture of the unit, because let's be honest, it's not just the patients that make for a good or bad shift. It's your coworkers. So while I wouldn't say I'm an expert in this area, actually, now that I think about it, I don't think, I don't know that anyone is, I don't know what credentials you would need to be able to say that you're an expert at helping people identify healthy or hostile work environments. But here's what I do have. I've been a nurse for almost 20 years. I've worked under, and I actually counted it up, a combined total of 18 different supervisors, six different departments for both magnet and non-magnet facilities, for-profit and not-for-profit hospitals, and in academia. I've been a part of dozens and dozens of committees. I've built my current department, of which I'm the supervisor, up from non-existence to the strong team that it is today. As a rapid response nurse, I get to experience literally every department in the whole hospital. 
and I get a feel for each one's different culture, the different leadership styles, and I see what works well and what does not. And let me tell you, culture is everything. So today's episode is not just for those who are on the search for a new job. It's for anyone who works as a nurse and wants to make their workplace better. So let's talk about what makes for a healthy work environment and what makes for a hostile one. So the AACN, the American Association of Critical Care Nurses, has invested a lot of time and research into figuring out what some of these green flags are, and they call them healthy work environment standards. I think they did a really good job categorizing these into six pillars or standards that the units should strive toward. I will link their healthy work environments website in the show notes for you if you wanted to take a deeper dive, but here's the summary. The healthiest units will integrate these things. Skilled communication, true collaboration, effective decision-making, appropriate staffing, meaningful recognition, and authentic leadership. Let's go back through each one. So skilled communication, effective communication is vital and health, life-saving actually. Skilled communication involves clear and respectful interactions among healthcare professionals to ensure a safe and efficient workplace and patient care. True collaboration. So collaboration among healthcare team members, from nurses to physicians to other professionals, is crucial for delivering the best care possible. This pillar emphasizes teamwork and mutual respect. Next is effective decision-making. It's really important that multiple people are involved in decision-making for each hospital, each unit, Making well-informed, evidence-based decisions is key to quality care. And the Healthy Work Environment Framework encourages a culture that supports healthcare providers in their decision-making process. Next is appropriate staffing. Obviously, adequate staffing makes a huge difference, not only in patient care, but also it's essential to prevent burnout and maintain a healthy work environment. Next is meaningful recognition. There's so much value in recognizing and appreciating the contributions of healthcare professionals. It fosters a positive work environment. It's so important to acknowledge the efforts of nurses and other staff members to enhance job satisfaction and engagement in the unit. And then finally, authentic leadership. So authentic leaders are transparent, ethical, and they're supportive of their staff at all levels of the organization. So effective leadership is crucial, crucial in creating this healthy work environment that's going to promote staff well-being. So that's the good stuff. On the flip side, if units don't have these things, it makes for an unhealthy work environment, which affects staff satisfaction, employee turnover, and ultimately patient care, which is no bueno. So let's break down some examples of what an unhealthy work environment might be according to each of these standards. Hey there, I've got some exciting news to share and I can't wait to tell you about it. So if you're multitasking, come back to me because this is something you won't want to miss. You may already be familiar with my one hour rapid response and rescue course, a quick dive into approaching critical patients. I'm thrilled to receive such positive feedback from nurses who found it valuable, but I'm not stopping there. I've been hard at work developing a more comprehensive in-depth course However, the more I work on it, the more I realize that I want to offer more than just another course to purchase. Reflecting on my years as an educator, what I truly cherish is the opportunity to interact with nurses in real time, breaking down complex concepts, mentoring, inspiring, coaching, 
and supporting nurses as they navigate the challenges of our profession. Teaching and empowering nurses is close to my heart. Over my 20 years in the field, I've amassed a wealth of clinical knowledge that I'm committed to sharing with nurses. But there's more to being a great nurse than just understanding pathophysiology. Through trial and error myself, I've gained other valuable skills related to leadership, advocacy, resilience, which I believe can be beneficial to all nurses. So here's the plan for 2024. I wanna create a community of dedicated nurses who invest in themselves so that they can deliver exceptional patient care. This won't be just me recording myself for a podcast. I wanna teach live, address your questions and provide a platform for nurses to support one another. I'm calling it Rapid Response Academy, the heart and science of caring for the sick. Members will enjoy weekly live lessons, a community forum for questions, and personal interaction with me to better understand your needs and support you on your journey. This is uncharted territory, and I'm excited to explore it together. I'll be soft launching on December 1st to get to know the initial members. So those who sign up before December will receive a 25% discount and play a pivotal role in shaping the community from the ground up. The sign-up list opens on Friday, November 24th. If you're excited about more in-depth teaching, access to a supportive community of like-minded nurses, and the chance to be a part of our founding group, I'd love to have you on board. If you wanna learn more about what I'm building, I put a link in the show notes for you. Now, let's get back to today's episode. The first red flag is poor communication. So like, for example, changes are made with policy or procedure, or there's a new thing on the floor, but like the staff are not informed at all about it. There's no good communication as to changes that are being made. Maybe there's communication barriers between the different disciplines. Like it's difficult to get a hold of different people on the healthcare team. Maybe the communication they have is unclear or fragmented. Poor communication is not good. Next is no collaboration. When there's a hierarchy between the different interdisciplinary team members, that's not okay. Like rather than team members collaborating, they're having to work around each other or they're working in silos without respect for the important role that each discipline plays. And teamwork is just not a priority. Like it's every nurse for themselves or it's nurses versus the doctors or nurses versus whoever, like the whole versus mentality is not good for the nurse or the patient. So no collaboration, not somewhere you want to work. Next is decision making. So I would say a bad work environment is when decisions just come from the top down and they're not involving the staff who are at the bedside with the patients. Maybe decisions are made and they're not based on research or best practices, it's just someone's opinion. Like when staff aren't involved in decision-making process, that is not okay. I have seen times when the people who are making the decisions are so far removed from the bedside, what they're dictating is just not appropriate or even practical. So decisions need to be made by the people who are gonna be affected by those decisions. Next is poor staffing. Now. This is a tough one. I mean, I don't know anywhere that is well-staffed right now, but some places have become creative when staffing is extra challenging or, you know, leadership will just step in and help carry some of the burden. So the red flag for me with regards to staffing is how does the hospital respond when staffing is bad? 
they just expect nurses to suck it up and keep going? Or do they have systems in place to mitigate the challenges nurses are facing? Is leadership stepping in to support their staff? And then the next one is no recognition of the staff. So like there's no kudos, there's no celebrations. The only thing they hear that's positive would be, you guys are heroes or everyone's doing a great job, but like nothing of substance, like nothing that actually highlights uh, specific amazing things that are happening or specific people and what they're doing to make it happen. So staff recognition is so important. If it's not happening, got to question the health of this work environment. And finally, when leadership is not authentic. So people go into leadership for lots of reasons. You know, maybe the leader didn't go into leadership because they really care for the staff and want to make a positive change in healthcare. Maybe the leader is because they just like to be in charge or they like having power over people. And, you know, sometimes people get into leadership positions, not for bad reasons. Maybe they are really good nurses or they've been there the longest. They kind of just got pushed into the position as the leader. But just because you're a great nurse or you've been a nurse for a long time doesn't necessarily mean you'll have the drive or desire to lead. And that can be bad too. I mean, everyone's a leader in some way, but not everyone is well suited for a leadership role. Leadership is hard. And if a leader doesn't love it, it will show in the way they interact with the staff and the overall feel of the unit. There's also, you know, worst case scenario, these toxic leaders out there who play favorites or talk about their employees behind their back or pit staff members against each other. I mean, y'all, I have heard story after story from you guys in my DMs about these like leaders from hell, like e- evil people that are in charge of nurses. I won't go into the details right now, but just know this can go really, really wrong. So in summary, there's a lot of things that could be bad. I mean, I really have heard like some worst case scenarios from you guys, from the doctor-nurse culture being terrible or the leadership being, I mean, just so toxic, really scary staffing situation. My, My mind has just been blown with how bad things can get. So I think the question for you guys is, how can you detect or discern if a unit is healthy or hostile before you ever even come on board. So here's a few things that I would recommend to help you make that decision. And it starts at the interview. So the interview is for you to feel them out as much as it is for them to learn about you. I mean, you can ask as many questions as you want with the goal of bringing forth both the good and the bad, like bring them both to the surface. You wanna get to the bottom of like, what is the culture? How is the leader? How's the onboarding or training of new staff? And I would say you can use the healthy work environment standards as a guide to develop your questions. So here's some examples. In the communication and collaboration piece, you could ask, when new processes or policies come out, how is that communicated to the staff? Or how's the relationship between the nurses on the unit and the rest of the interdisciplinary team? Are there any difficult physicians, and how does the team navigate that? For decision-making, you can ask, do you have a unit-based council or or similar committee? Or what are some of the things that they've accomplished in the last year to make the unit better? For staffing, I always start the disclaimer of, I know staffing has been hard for hospitals everywhere, but how does this department handle poor staffing challenges? What is the nurse-to-patient ratio on a good day, and what is it on a bad day, and what do you do on a bad day to, to handle that? For the recognition piece, you can ask, who are some nurses that have been recognized recently and for what? 
how are wins celebrated on this unit? And for the leadership piece, I would just straight up ask the leader, what do you love about leading this unit? What got you into this role? And what are your biggest challenges as the leader? I would also ask, how do you evaluate your staff? What are some qualities of staff who receive good evals and those who receive poor evaluations? And to take it even further, how do you support the ones who are struggling? Of course, I'd always ask about the onboarding process, like how long is orientation? What resources do new nurses have? I would ask what opportunities are available for professional development and continuing education within this organization? I could come with 100 questions, guys. You're probably thinking, Sarah, they will think I'm crazy if I ask all of these questions when they're interviewing me. (laughs) Well, don't ask them all, but maybe pick five or six of your favorites. One of two things will happen. Either they'll be taken back by your questions because they don't have their stuff together and they won't hire you because your questions intimidated them, or they'll be so impressed that you've done your research and want to contribute to a healthy working environment that they will want someone engaged like you on their team. So either you dodge a bullet and not join an unhealthy workplace, or your research will pay off and you land a job with a team that's working to create a healthy work environment. Either way, that's a win-win. Also, I would never take a job without getting the opportunity to do a peer interview. It's so valuable to get to meet not only the leader, but also the staff to get a feel for the unit's vibe and the culture. So again, take your pick, which question you like, which ones you don't, but don't feel bad about asking questions back. Like, yes, they have to get to know you, but you really need to get to know them to make sure this is a good fit for both of you guys. So in summary, notice that I didn't say that a green flag is when all of the staff seem to be besties and everyone hangs out together outside of work. Like it's awesome when that happens, but it's not a must have for a healthy work environment. And for the red flags, those originate from or are potentiated by poor leadership. If there's one toxic bully nurse on the unit and the leader allows that behavior, that's a leadership problem as much as it is for the one bully nurse. So ask questions to determine how well everyone communicates and collaborates together. Seek to find out how decisions are made and how leadership handles poor staffing. How are wins celebrated? And what's the leader's leadership style? You worked hard to get your nursing degree and jobs aren't scarce. So take your time and do your research to find the unit that will invest in you and where you can enjoy taking care of the sick with a great team. I also want to encourage those of you who are hearing this and thinking, "Mm, my unit doesn't have all these healthy work environment characteristics. Well, some of those things you can't control, but others you totally can. Don't have a unit-based council? Start one. Don't have great ways to recognize the wins and the amazing things that nurses are doing? Talk to your leader about coming up with something. You don't have the best onboarding for new nurses? Well, ask to help out making resources, teaching classes, or mentoring your newest team members. Healthy work environments don't happen by accident. They are built over time and with much intention. So if this podcast was helpful, I'd love to hear from you. Did you jot down any questions that you'll ask your next interview? Were you inspired to step up and find ways to make your workplace the best it can be? Shoot me a message on Instagram. I can't wait to hear what you think. Before you go, I just wanted to let you know that if you like this episode, you would probably like my course too. My one-hour rapid response and rescue course is an introduction to how I approach emergencies. If you would like to learn to think, assess, and respond quickly when your patient is crashing, 
then you can check out my website, rapidresponseandrescue.com. And if you message me the word podcast on Instagram, I will send you a coupon code for $10 off the cost of the course. Oh, and did I mention that the course is approved by the AACN and worth one continuing education contact hour? So if you want to level up your emergency response skills and get one CE in the process, then this course is what you want. I put the link in the show notes for you. Well, thanks for listening. I hope you learned something that will save a life. Remember, nursing is a team sport. So trust your intuition and don't give up advocating until you are confident you've done what's right by your patient. The views and opinions expressed on this show are that of Sarah Lorenzini and hers alone. They are not intended as medical advice and should not take the place of your institution's policies or procedures. Evidence-based practice is ever-changing and your patient care should reflect the current best practice. If you want to get in contact with Sarah, you can find her at rapidresponseandrescue.com or on social media platforms as The Rapid Response RN.